Often we talk about decluttering and getting rid of things, but if you want an excuse to keep a couple of the extra things, then this episode is for you. When not to throw away things, we'll explore that topic further. You're listening to Upcycling with Deb. I'm your host, Deb Colometta. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, at Deb Colometta, or you can go to my website, thedebsite.com. I hope you'll go there and download your free guide on how to responsibly get rid of your things, your extra things. Sometimes people listen to my podcast or they run into me or they come to one of my talks and they'll talk to me about decluttering. I am obviously a big advocate for decluttering, clearing your space. But as I've said many times, I am not by any stretch of the imagination a minimalist. A minimalist wants you to get rid of almost everything in your house that you don't use on a regular daily basis. And to me, that doesn't make financial sense. It doesn't make living sense. Um, I I don't understand that. I don't think that's really a way to live. And as I've mentioned before, I feel it's a form of mom shaming. You shouldn't feel ashamed that you have a couple of extra things posted to your refrigerator or that you're saving a few artwork pieces from your kids. That's what life is about to me. And if my house is a little bit messy because of it, that's fine. And also, I live with other people. Maybe my house doesn't look exactly like my apartment did when I was a single girl in my 20s, and I don't want it to look that way. I'm very happy with how my house looks. But I'm also very confident and comfortable when people pop by unannounced or um, I want to have people over. I don't have to stress about it because it's, it's in pretty good shape for a house with four busy people living in it. So while other people, other declutterers, focus on getting rid of everything and um, getting rid of things you don't use regularly, I'm more of get rid of the excess, get rid of the things you don't want, you don't need, will never need again, and you'll still keep yourself very busy. You'll still have plenty of things to sell online. You'll still have pr- plenty of things to free cycle. Just trying to keep up with that will keep you busy enough. I wouldn't stress about getting rid of things and then just having to rebuy them. That's not really financially responsible and not environmentally responsible either. And, you know, I had a thought the other day. We had an unexpected class project due. If you get rid of all of those odds and ends, how do you do a science project? My husband tells a funny story. Well, it's a funny story now, but it wasn't funny back in the 80s. Um, He had a science project due, and he happened to mention it to his father around, oh, I don't know, dinner time or afterwards. And he said, oh, you know, Dad, (laughs) I have a science project due tomorrow. And they tell the story much funnier than I ever could, but they have dubbed that science project the City of Lights And as you can imagine, it involved about 100 tiny little light bulbs, a giant tabletop 9-volt battery, a trip to Radio Shack late night just as it was closing. And they put together this big science project with uh, cardboard and poster board and all that. And he had to give the science project and, of course, waited till the last second. But what would they have done if they didn't have some odds and ends to be able to contribute to that project, if they didn't have an 
extra piece of cardboard, if they didn't have some bulbs, some extra batteries. One of my favorite stories when I was a little girl was a story called Mr. Bell's Fix-It Shop. I don't know if this actually was a super popular book. Um, I know it was a golden book, and I think my parents got it at the Christmas tree shop for probably 79 cents. But I was really obsessed with this book. It's the story of a little girl who helps out in a fix-it shop, and um, the the guy who's fixing things has all these odds and ends around. Now, he's probably considered, by today's standards, a hoarder, but yet when the little girl's heart gets broken because her toy gets broken, he was able to take all the extra things late night and recreate her doll into something better than it was before. Oh, I should have given a spoiler alert there. (laughs) But anyway, I love the line in that book where basically he did a lot of hard work that day and he's going to be late for his cabbage soup, but his dinner will taste extra good. And I used to love that message as a little child and even, oh, it's so depressing, but I would think when I was working my grueling nine to five job, I would think back about that book. And if I had to stay late at work, but I got a lot done and I had a productive day, I would think back to myself that line of, let me shut down my computer and my supper will be extra late tonight, but it's going to taste extra good. Another lesson in that book is that Mr. Bell was able to save the day because he had a few extra things lying around. And just as I'm sitting here thinking about it, it's kind of ironic because That's one of the things, that book itself, Mr. Bell's Fix-It Shop, that's one of the things that my mother saved from my childhood. She has a very discerning eye and knows what things that she should be tucking away and saving. And she's also a master of being able to throw away things that are not going to serve us in the future. She's really good at trying to keep up with that. I think that's a skill you have to have when you have a smaller home. You really have to be better about curating the items that fill your space. And she's excellent at that. And just by being around her, I have become better at it myself. But that book was one of the books that she saved from my childhood. So I get to read that to my daughter, that very same book with the same Christmas tree price tag of 79 cents, I get to take that book that I held in my hands as a little girl and my mother held in her hands, and I get to give that to my daughter. And my daughter gets to hold it and just feel that good energy from my childhood. So that book itself is a good example of some of the things you can cherry pick from your life and save for the next generation. That book meant a lot to me. We've read it frequently. I love the message. I've thought about it so much. It really impacted me as a child and as an adult. And I'm thrilled to be able to share that with my daughter. Now, if my mother had just said, well, this is a baby book. We don't need this anymore. This is a little kid's book. You're a teenager. You're in your 20s. You're No, but she had the foresight to realize that that's a book that I'd want to read to my own children. So that has a space on our bookshelf. But the other books that you know don't have the same message that we want to share with our kids, we have no problem donating those, and, um, and people are happy to have those book donations. 
But the book itself is an example of why you don't want to just throw things away without thinking about it. Also, I was recently changing over the summer and winter clothing, doing the swap that we have to do here in New England. And I decided to look at the stack of jeans that I have in my closet. And the ones on the bottom of the stack were getting a little bit uh, dusty, (laughs) to be frank. And recently I realized that a different style of jean, a different type of cut is more in style. And now I'm to the point where I'm old enough where I can remember where those jeans were in style the first time around. So it occurred to me that since I hadn't gone through that stack of jeans in a little while, and I was hanging on to them until I could fit into them again, that now might be the time to go through them. I knew we had a donation truck coming, and I wanted to be able to donate the jeans that maybe I would never fit into or didn't want to fit into or things that were now too big and I don't want to fit into again. And I went through the stack and realized that I was able to get rid of a lot of my skinny jeans that I don't really want to wear anymore and that are, I guess, not really in style anymore. And I was able to go back into my fashion archives and get out my old school flare jeans, ones with not bell bottom, but have like a flare jean uh, bottom to them. And I can wear those. So that's another example of, I don't understand how people just do a clean sweep and throw away everything. I'd rather take more time and be mindful about what I'm keeping. I do not advocate for doing a blind toss and throwing things away and getting a dumpster. You have to decide what's right for you. And what I advocate for is not buying the stuff in the first place. That doesn't mean you have to throw away all your extra things. I want you to think about it. You were the one that bought too much. You're the one that has to deal with it mindfully. And dealing with it mindfully helps cure future over buying. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you'll go to my website, thedebsite.com, and get your free downloadable guide.